Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So, we have something very cool in the background brewing, which has been designed by clients, and I can't divulge anything more than that. So, there's something really, really cool coming up in the background. So, keep an eye out on social media, keep an eye out on email list if you are interested in that as well, because there's pretty, some pretty cool emails going in and out of that at the minute. So, it's I'm really excited because I think it's the first time I've seen that has something been developed by my clients that will be able to help the majority of people. It's changing a few things that we I normally do and I'm very, very excited. It's a cheaper option, it's longer, etc. 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 So keep an eye out. If you want to know the secret, pop me a DM and I will happily talk to you about it. So today's episode is really, really important. It's a QA from the current female fat loss group that started about two weeks ago. And some of these questions have been covered before, some of them haven't been covered before. And it's about expectations, about intent that you have on nights out. It's about kind of like a little bit of digestion stuff. And it's about how we talk to ourselves. It's a very, very heavy mindset episode. And I do think that an awful lot of people will hopefully take a lot from it. But I also think that a lot of it needs to be kind of potentially digested and taken stock. This is an episode not for you just to listen and never do anything with. If something resonates with you in this episode, you need to sit back and say, right, is this me? And actually check in on yourself. Because I think whatever I'm talking about here from the majority of people who I work with on a daily basis, whether that be in the group or the one-to-one setting, this will this will resonate with you, I hope. So if you are interested in working with me one-to-one, pop me a message. We can have a free phone call there. I'm opening up three spaces for March. And sooner as those spaces go, it gets closed again. I only work with a small number of one-to-one, so everyone gets my attention. So that's what I want to do. So if you are interested in one-to-one, pop me a DM and we can jump on a phone call. I'll put the link into the show notes, send in an application form, and we can book in a free phone call. And we'll have a chat to see if we're a match. If we're not a match, I'll send you to someone else who I think you might be a match, which I have done before. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, so welcome to the next episode. So we've got a Q&A from the amazing group that we have at the minute. So there's amazing questions that have come in and some of them haven't been covered before. Some of them have, but sometimes you just need to put a little bit of a different spin on it for maybe to land for some people. So some of the topics that have kind of come in have been how to manage expectations around the weighing scales. Then another question kind of came in about when it's too late to eat before bed. That has been covered before. So as the expectations around the scales, the intention you have at weekends and kind of like the, the fuck a button mentality or the actual technical term for it is what the hell effect is what it's the clinical studies are, are what it's called. And then when energy is down after a busy week, should you train or rest the body? And so I'll start with the kind of the, the intention at the weekends. I think that is a big, big thing that a lot of people do. And I know there's about two people in the group that I'm kind of aiming this towards uh, a lot more um, than the, the rest. I'm not going to mention names, all that kind of stuff, because it's not fair. So with the what happens to an awful lot of people is they try to almost restrict during the week so that they can almost, I hate this word, they do the dog on it on the weekend. And this can beat them up this can play a factor in their headspace. This can lead to a shame and guilt cycle. And shame and guilt generally means you have done something wrong wrong, or I am a bad person for 
eating like we did or overeating or having a little bit more drink or kind of but normally it's generally down to the actual tactic that is at play or it's the intention beforehand so if you think about the intention the intention that an awful lot of people have when they are driving is to get from a to b they plan out a route and then they tend to go they go the roundabouts if they take a wrong turn they get back on google map will lead them what an awful lot of people try to do with kind of weight loss or fat loss or whatever training goal it may be is they don't really have a plan they try to almost wing it and they try to almost not fuel themselves correctly during the week i'm going to have survival mode calories or poverty calories during the week and then expect to be able to deal with the abundance of food during the weekend now people will say well what about banking calories i'm in of the belief that banking calories is a tool that can be taught but some people may not be at that stage for it to be used so what banking calories essentially means is it is saving some calories for the weekend because we're working off a weekly calorie budget so an example of this would be if you have 2000 calories a day seven days in a week that's 14,000 calories in a week if you overspend on a couple of the days so 3000 on monday 3000 on tuesday that's 6000 gone so that means you have 8000 calories left for the rest of the week so you need to adjust your budget for the rest of the week so that's exactly what banking calories is but what an awful lot of people try to do is they try to go for the 12 13 1400 calories for the re the week and then the weekend they're hungry they're more irritable they're more tired and they haven't had any of their soul foods or the foods that add to their lives or make them happy during the week so when those foods come in they give the power back to the food and they're like you know what i'm gonna have everything now i'm just gonna eat everything and then they tend to beat themselves up afterwards and they tend to shame themselves into it of saying i've overeaten why did i do that i don't know why i've done that etc 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 but we have to look at it from a point of view was is it are you the problem or is the approach the problem and i would say the approach is the problem so for people who are in that position i think we need to almost build that trust around the food again and what i mean by that is some people have never had trust around food but that has been taught to you of that kind of restriction dieting needs to be miserable mentality side of things and dieting doesn't need to be miserable dieting's life is tough enough without cutting your favorite foods out every single one of my clients has their favorite foods every single day what's brought to the table is these rules these myths the element of perfection the all or nothing mindset all these different things come with people people come with baggage and beliefs and my job is to try and dissect those beliefs one by one by one and try to navigate that but some people are so attached to those beliefs they almost become a truth and those truths are what direct an awful lot of people's actions a lot of people believe that they can't have their weekends can't have their meals out and still get their results they're attached to that that they feel that they're not in control but you're not in control at the moment because the food or the meals are winning the food is in charge of your of your life the food is in charge of your directions you're not in charge so when people actually hear that it's about relinquishing that control and relinquishing that dieting mindset that restriction mindset because it can be done but what's essentially happening is, is how we feel about ourselves is being projected onto those meals onto that food i'm a bad person if i've overeaten no no no. you're not a bad person for overeating. hitler and putin are bad people 
you're not a bad person. We overeat at birthdays. We overeat at Christmas. We overeat at Easter. Overeating happens. We're fortunate enough in this world that we are in a place where we can overeat. We've got food abundance at the minute. We've got decision fatigue at the minute. And that was something that Emma Story Gordon spoke about. A lot of people get overwhelmed with the amount of food that comes into play at the weekend because they don't they don't stick to what has been working, which is some sort of strategy or some plan to manage it. And when they say no for the first time or second time or third time to food or to drink, they they're just going for it anyway because they're tired. They're they're tired. They're more anxious. They don't know how to deal with what they're feeling. They don't know. They don't feel safe. So what they do is when they don't feel safe, they go for the one constant thing that's been in their life, which is food. So it's about relinquishing that control of what food has and actually understanding and getting the tools into place of, well, why are you restricting? Is it because you believe that's the only way to do it? Or is it that that's the way that you've had success? But I would I would define success as being able to keep it off for a long period of time. But you have to look at how to actually overcome this kind of like fuck a button mentality and what the hell effect. A lot of people will go into the weekend saying, right, I'm going with the intent to actually, I'm going to press the fucker button today. I would not, some senses will come in and I've read it on check-ins today of like, I normally press the, the fucker button now. I normally press that button now. I would normally do this or I'm going to do this. If you keep telling yourself that you're going to do something, guess what's going to happen? You're going to do something. So we need to look at it and say, right, what can I do? So you wake up early, a typical day will be wake up early, have a decent breakfast, have a decent lunch, you train or you go for a walk or whatever it may be and you have a generally a dinner and then, but then life happens. Generally work will come in, your boss would say you need to start over on a project, you, your son or your daughter or your, one of your kids gets sick at school and then you need to be cummed in, you end up going ruffling around in your, your press or whatever it may be or your, your drawers here or in the kitchen and going down you dig up that pack of M&Ms or Skittles or whatever it may be and you end up gobbling it down without even realising it and then someone else in the office ends up bringing in a cheesecake or someone's birthday and you have one or two slices and then you end up having something and you have a work meeting that later afternoon and you don't know how to deal with that you skip your workout and you say to yourself why bother what is the actual point why am I doing this you ask yourself and you ask and then when you go home, you continue to act like that. That's essentially what it is. And that sounds familiar to an awful lot of people. You indulge, you feel terribly guilty, and you end up doubling down on your efforts. You compound those efforts over time. But a lot of people's expectations and the intent, the kind of the intentions behind it is the issue. So setting very, very high standards for yourself is a good thing. But striving to be little miss or a little Mr. Perfect all the time when it comes down to your eating habits is sabotaging your efforts. You need to look at it from that that cycle is fueling a self-loathing and punishment cycle for yourself. Every time you do that, you're beating yourself up because your expectations of yourself are way out of whack. They're way out of kilt on what you want to try and do. Generally, according to research, the what a hell effect occurs when goals are seen as short term. They're not looked at the at the larger spectrum. So I had Simon Hill on and he looked at what healthy eating was and what the definition was. Healthy eating is by definition, his definition is 
a way of eating that does not impact your relationship with food. Too many people's definition of dieting and fat loss is restriction, sabotage, fuck it mentality, and misery. And no wonder we can't sustain it if that's the definition. That's what we're striving for. That's what we're thriving for. Now, like that should be landing. But that what a hell effect can, can surface at any level. That could be smoking. That could be checking emails. That could be that dopamine receptors with social media. That could be shopping. So how can we actually address it? Because say if you're at a buffet or a party and potentially haven't eaten enough during the week. Well, you're going to be hungry going into the party. So surprise, surprise, there's an issue with your tactic. You're going in with not giving, having had enough fuel in your body. So then when you are abundance mode, you don't know how to deal with it. You get overwhelmed and overwhelm is a lost sight of your goal. But your goal is to restrict yourself. And that feedback loop keeps going. So one of the tools that I kind of recommend when I'm kind of talking with the one-to-one clients in particular because really, really hands-on is the plan and pause, okay? So before you end up going down that kind of rabbit hole of self-loathing, actually take a moment to pause. So some people need to put as much effort and time as they can between the setback and doing something that is going to actually make them feel worse. So what is write out or pause and take a big deep breath in and actually figure out what's going through your head. Go for a walk, distract yourself, call a friend, text someone, talk to someone that's beside you. The more time you actually pause, the better decisions you make. But what happens for an awful lot of people is, say they end up at a restaurant or end up in a buffet or whatever it may be, or at a party. The intention beforehand is the issue. Is... I'm going to eat everything here. Even though they may not want that at the beginning. But your tactic beforehand, if you would say to yourself, I'm going to have my normal dinner, normal lunch, uh, before I go out for that party or have something small before you head out, you're going to be nourished throughout the rest of the day and you may not want, the emphasis on may not want everything when you get to the party. You may have it, but you may not want it because you've given your body energy. You're going to be a little bit fuller. There's less light. It's, in, it's increasing the or reducing the likelihood of you overeating at those events so i know jordan syatt i'm not saying to do this jordan syatt is on the podcast when he's going out for a meal with friends when he's potentially doing a cut for a fight or whatever it may be one of the things he does is he gets some vegetables and stuff before he goes out for the dinner and has those before the dinner well that's an approach that could work for him would i ever do that i don't think so but what i try to do is just have my normal breakfast normal lunch and so, for example, at the weekend, I was at a I was at a party, and I had a match that earlier that day. So Saturday, Friday, and Saturday, my day where I have to eat an awful lot of food, and one for fueling for my match. If I don't, I feel it, and then the second one is I need to get fuel back into my body. So I was already tired going over to that party. I had to bring some food over to it as well and cook in advance of it. So I could have easily gone to that party completely starving, lack of energy, dizzy, wouldn't have achieved anything. So all I did, I had about a two hour gap between getting home from the match before I had to go. So all I did was I made sure that there was food in my fridge from the day before that was there for me to eat. So I ate before I went to that party. And that was my way of topping up my energy, making sure that I wasn't going completely and utterly famished to that party. Then when I got to the party, I was like, all right, the food kind of started out within the hour. 
and I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to have something else here and see how I feel. So I checked in myself, like, I'm a bit peckish here, my stomach's a little bit rumbling, still after the match. So I had something. And I was kind of like, all right. And then people were offering me more. I was like, you know what, I'm okay. So I waited a little while longer, and I checked in again after a couple of hours, and there was still food there. And I had another plate. But I checked in on myself. It's re- It's pausing and planning. So I planned to have food after the match. Then I checked in on myself, right, am I actually hungry here? Or am I tired or whatever is going on so i gave myself the, the food to myself i didn't i gave myself unconditional permission to have that food did i have more food than i may have needed probably but i don't regret what i had because my body was looking for energy after a 90 minute match or 95 minute match and i'm glad i did because i was able to it was a long day it was a long night i was able to get through with that a little bit further Sometimes people need to look at and actually look at it from a future perspective and say, instead of actually focusing on today's mistake, which it wasn't a mistake, it's just that the, the flaw is the system, consider the bigger picture. So t- tap into that why, tap into that underlying motivation behind yourself. Are you acting like the person you you want to become? Is a, is a It can either trigger some people or else it can be a great motivator for some people. Like I know myself, I didn't want to train before I came onto this live today. But I was like, right, I need to get this done. Because the rest of the week, I I have three weight training sessions a week. It's not a huge undertaking. But my motivation was low and I ended up going to the gym. And it was great, got PBs. But I didn't want to go. But I checked in on myself before. I was like, right, am I just being lazy? Have I slept properly? Have I eaten properly? Or am I just being, am I just not going? And I was like, you know what? Just go and see how you get on. If it's not a great session, after 10 minutes you can walk out, which I've done before. You also need to look at not letting that kind of chocolate chip or biscuit or cake or whatever it may be become the elephant in the room. Studies show the simply that simply restricting or resisting an urge can actually make it worse. So instead of fighting a craving all the time, acknowledge it, accept it, come up with an alternative and be a little bit flexible too many people are trying to be rigid i can't have this i'm i'm being good today they're the food rules that are and the language that are being used but rather than actually fixating on that that cookie or that biscuit or that cake and putting it up onto a pedestal that you can't have make a plan to enjoy yourself potentially in another way have half the cookie and see how you feel have quarter of the cookie and see how you feel have the full cookie or see how you feel or even check in yourself and say, right, what do I need right now? Consider something non-food related. Have a drink of water and see how you're feeling. Potentially check in yourself and ask for a date night or whatever it may be. But the biggest thing that a lot of people need to do as well is forgive themselves. A lot of people try to change themselves out of shame, but the issue isn't them. The issue is the approach that people take. And that's coming from that mentality. You're potentially looking at your food, you're looking at your feed on social media, and you're looking at what I eat in a day posts from influencers after they pick up, stick up their body as the first five seconds on the reel. You're kind of like, they, they're giving you a highlight reel. So if you're someone who is on their feed all the time on social media, all the time, or you're looking at social media accounts or nutrition accounts and you're looking at these people who look a certain way and you're looking at what I eat in a day posts, you owe it to yourself to mute them or to get rid of them off your social media feed. You have to remind yourself that you're the only person, that you're not the only person who's ever experienced a setback when you overeat. 
when is overeating a bad thing? I don't think it's ever a bad thing. Think of it as an opportunity to actually learn a lesson. And what I mean by learn a lesson is learn a lesson of self-compassion. Learn a lesson of is this helping me or aiding me? Is my tactic working for me? Take stock and say, hang on, is this method or system that I have in place working for me right now? And if it's not, something needs to change. Too many people are trying to restrict themselves during the week so that they overindulge over in the weekends. And a lot of people will say, well, I have a busy social life. It's important for me. It's like 100%. But you're not the only person that has that. So it can be done. But if you want to reduce that overeating when you go out, you need to look at your intentions beforehand. Is it... Is your intention to overeat and have everything? Is your intention to go out and have a load of drink and get absolutely shit-faced? That's okay if you want to do that. But it's what you say to yourself afterwards. Like, I shouldn't do this. I'm never drinking again. They're the language that you use to yourself. You're beating yourself up. But you set the intention at the beginning. Like, I had a conversation with one of my one-to-one clients. And she was going on holidays with her family. She wants to go on skiing. And... We were kind of talking about how to manage it. And I kind of said to her, well, what's your intention before you head off on the holiday? And she was like, what I want to enjoy. It's like, well, do you want to have the systems in place how we can manage it and continue with your goal? Or do you actually want to be present with your family and enjoy it? She goes, I want to enjoy it. And she was like, that's actually a weight lifted off my shoulder. Because now I'm not going to beat myself up. She came back from that with an element of freedom that she potentially hadn't had before in holidays because she wasn't trying to restrict herself into the holiday one but she also wasn't trying to restrict herself during the holiday two and she was able to be present with family and friends three so we got rid of the shame and guilt cycle that she'd already created but you need to set yourself on the intention at the beginning of it are you going to get absolutely shit faced fine deal with it afterwards but you need to be able to accept what that situation is afterwards rather than shaming yourself into it So another thing is that you could do, end up doing a good deed, which is, or yeah, doing a good deed. And studies have shown that doing something kind for someone else can actually increase willpower. How much I believe of this, I don't know. But for example, if you're furious with yourself for having eaten a little bit more food that you planned, maybe a holiday dinner, instead of kind of doubling down uh, at kind of like, yeah, at the holiday dinner or Christmas or at Easter or that meal out that you had, why not offer to potentially do something afterwards like clean the dishes or clean up afterwards so you're you're kind of doing a good deed to kind of counteract something else but most people i don't really like that one um that idea of it but you need to look at it from a point of view of if you set the intention of restricting during the week there's going to be cracks appearing on the weekend the foundations that you have aren't set. They are not concrete. You're looking to restrict yourself during the whole week and then you end up, you want to almost bankrupt yourself during the weekdays. You want to bankrupt yourself during the weekdays or spend as little as possible and then you end up kind of like overspending loads on the weekend. It's not a great mentality. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, yeah, I just I just don't think it's, it's, it's the mentality is the issue. It's the intention that's the issue. And I know the it's having conversations with people around you and talking to your partners or talking to whoever it may be. And it's checking on yourself, well, why did what was going on with you when you potentially overate? Were you tired? Were you lonely? Were you anxious? Were you sad? 
Were you overwhelmed? Did you know what was going on? So you need to look at and check in yourself what's going on beforehand. So if you identify, if you check in yourself at the beginning and have that pause, you'll normally be able to check in yourself like what's going on. Maybe it's that you feel unsafe. You won't feel unsafe from judgment of other people. Maybe it's that you feel that you won't fit in. Maybe you're looking for acceptance from other people. We all want to have acceptance from other people and that's normal and overeating is normal but what's not normal is the beration and the shame and the guilt that you attach to it so look at and check on yourself right what's going on beforehand can i interrupt that pattern by having a little bit more food eating normally throughout the rest of the day eating normally and having regular meals throughout the rest of the week getting back to what i have been doing the next day but you need to look at it from a point of view. This shame, guilt cycle has been taught to you from somewhere. One day of overeating is not going to generally ruin progress. I've done episodes on it before. It's not going to ruin progress. But I think you need to focus potentially a little bit more on your relationship with yourself. Check in yourself on what met, what need is being unmet. And asking yourself, right, let's get three regular meals, two or three snacks into your day throughout the, throughout the week and potentially three meals or two meals and two or three snacks before you head out for those events and see how you feel that way and see if that sets you up a little bit more. So it's less to do about what's wrong with you. It's probably more to do what's wrong with the approach that you are taking. And that's probably where that's at. So I don't even know how long that part is, but that's a fairly long-winded answer to that. So hopefully that does help you. Um, then the next point that we are going to talk about is in relation to kind of eating before bed and stuff. So like there's no right or wrong answer to this. So like if you're going to bed at say 11 o'clock and you're having a kind of a, a decent sized meal or a full-on dinner at 10 o'clock, is that ideal for your digestion because the food is going to sit in your stomach? Probably not. It's not like at six o'clock calories are worth this amount and then at 6.01 calories double in their amount. That's not what the case is either. So that has to be brought in as well. It's, I know myself, if I say I have training late on a Wednesday, I know that I need to get my food into me before my training session and I'll have something light, like say beans on toast or cheese or something like that afterwards. So that's getting protein in, it's getting fiber in, it's getting carbohydrates into me shortly after my training session. And it's not too heavy for me to digest because I need to replenish the energy and get more energy back into my body to help myself recover for the next day. So it's not about having a set time. It's looking at, right, look at your schedule. Are you constantly leaving, coming home at say 10 p.m. and not eating until 10 p.m.? Well, then there's an issue potentially with your strategy. But it could be a case of if you're going to bed at 10 o'clock and you're having a massive takeaway and stuff at 9 o'clock, that's not ideal every single time. One off or every so often, it's grand. But if you're doing that all the time, there's an issue with the strategy, there's an issue, issue with implementation on that side of things. So you need to look at uh, what you need to look at that kind of side of things as well. Um, when's too late to, to eat before bed? There. I would generally give it about two hours, an hour and a half, two hours before bed. 
before you if you're having a, a decent sized meal um that's probably where i would kind of have the limit on it but everyone's going to be different everyone's digestion is completely different it's completely up to the individual it really is um next question is when energy is down after a busy week should you train or rest the body so i know with this answer there was something else going on i knew as soon as i read the question i was like there's something else going on so for this person in particular that sent that question in i was like all right it's the menstrual cycle so generally the menstrual cycle is at play so this person that sent in the question i looked at their calories straight away i looked at what week they were on their calories or a week they were on their cycle so that they were on their they're coming up to their cycle week i looked at their calories and they potentially hadn't eaten enough during that week plus there was a good bit going on in that week with the kids and stuff because of the midterms and stuff so stress not having enough calories uh on top of having your menstrual cycle coming up was all at play so if that's the case i would training whatever it may be i would just say to yourself right potentially a walk is good enough for you at that stage i would probably just do some sort of movement for your body walking can actually help manage pms it can help to manage period pain it can help to help your mood so that could be what you needed but i would look at right did you increase your calories um that little bit more as advised and potentially they didn't um and in this case most of the days they didn't um and we've already spoken about it it's 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 cool it was just um an implementation thing through a fear an element of fear of having that little bit more calories but like if we have that little top up of calories of about 300 calories coming up to your cycle when you're getting those kind of that the appetite your body's your body's working harder to get through the day when you're kind of coming up to your cycle your metabolism speeds up around that time so if your metabolism is working harder and your body's working harder to get you through the day it's burning more energy so you need to give it more energy to make sure that you're getting enough nutrition into your body so that you can get through the day by not giving it those cravings those irritable moods those kind of things are going to come into it at play so 300 calories is generally a recommendation it could be more it depends on the person but if energy is down after a busy week for this client in particular it was more down to the cycle if it's a busy week i would look at right can you do something can you just go for a walk walking is good enough if it's something that you haven't slept all week and you're down to four or five hours sleep and you've been working mad hours well then it could be a sign that you potentially just need to kind of take a relax and take a chill and kind of ease in you'll know yourself and i know what people will do i don't want to be lazy all this kind of stuff it's not being lazy it's not being lazy it's kind of asking yourself right what do i need right now do i need to go for sleep do i need to rest do i need to go for a walk you'll be the better judge of what you need right now than i will ever know i'm not in charge of your body you'll know what your body's telling you right now your body keeps the score i can only advise you from a different perspective the thing that was kind of potentially why that body was so tired is because they didn't give enough energy to their bodies and then they potentially were working silly hours on top of it which didn't help on side of it so that's what around there so then the next one is in relation to the expectations around the scales okay so this could be another rant so expectations around the scales so if you've ever been someone to have said the sentence of i expected to be down half a kilo this week i expected to be down one kilo this week i would look at where have you picked that number from 
because all you're looking for is that piece of plastic on the floor to, is to validate your efforts. That's all you're looking for. You're looking for validation for your efforts. So we need to look at it from a point and you're looking for control and you're projecting onto a piece of plastic. The big thing you need to understand is you cannot, cannot completely control your weight loss journey. How fast, how much, where you lose weight may all be well out of your control. But you need to set realistic expectations. You need to take it in kind of like what hap- What helps with the one-to-one clients in particular is taking it as we break things into kind of like 12-week blocks. And what we do is we try to say, all right, where do you want to be in 12 weeks? Okay, I want to be, I don't know, I'm going to pick a number out of my head. I want to be 12 pounds down in 12 weeks. Okay, grand. So we need to, on average, we, on average, we need to lose a pound on, uh, on average a week to get you to that goal. Okay, so right, what do we need to do to lose the first pound? All right, we need to get walks in most days, two or two weight sessions in, or three weight sessions in, protein on most meals. Okay, so how can we implement that into your into your schedule this week? Once we do that, we repeat that process second week, we repeat that process third week, and we keep going with measurements, energy, libido, communication, confidence, all these different side of things, and that's what we look at. We can control our expectations by having some sort of strategy in place. What an awful lot of people try to do is they say to themselves, I want to lose weight. I don't know why I want to lose weight, but I know I want to lose weight because I think it's going to make me happier. I'm like, no, it's not. It could, but I doubt it because you've probably weighed that amount beforehand and you still weren't happy. So there's the feedback. But it's managing your expectations and looking at what you can control. Like people, when they come to me and say, well, I, I, I expect to be down one kilo this week i'm like well where did you pick that number they're like well i i i have a number in my head of uh two pounds of weight loss a week i'm like okay so where did you pick that number well my fitness pal gave it to me it's like well well my fitness pal have you entered in i want to lose two pounds of weight loss a week it's like yes so you've given yourself that because you want to get the results as fast as possible which is normal as a human but without necessarily doing all the work on the internal stuff and the dialogue the issue is you need to address the internal dialogue and the mindset first before anyone can really, really have successful weight loss or fat loss. You need to look at what you can't control, having the nutritious food during the week, get enjoyment out of those meals, having healthy habits, having regular meals, getting setting a modest weight goal at the start. Many people have this kind of idea of ideal weight in mind. And for many, it's unattainable. Um, For many, it's unattainable. And you need to start with a modest goal. Start small, build up. Don't end up shooting for the stars and end up not even getting out of your car. Like, you need to look at it from a point of view of potentially having an outfit that you want to get into, having an event that you want to get into, rather than always being, I'll be happy with a certain number. I'll be happy when I lose one kg. I guarantee if you want, if you got to one kg weight loss in that week, you would still want more. I can guarantee that because we always, always want more. Sometimes putting a time frame on a goal can help some people. Sometimes not putting a time frame on a goal can help people. So you need to, everyone will have a different journey. And every single person that's in the group at the minute and every single one-to-one client that I'm working at the minute has a different time frame. They're all different shapes and sizes, which is amazing. And 
their goals are completely different. Some are to get confidence back. Some is to get into a dress. Some is to get married. Some is to lose postnatal weight. Some is to improve the relationship with food. But having an unreasonable target on yourself, whether that be a a weight target or a unrealistic expectation of yourself can lead to unhealthy feelings, choices, when you're not even looking for non-scale victories. So if you're constantly looking for that scales to validate your efforts, you need to look at, are you actually measuring your self-worth and saying, I, if I don't get this goal, I'm less of a person. It's like, no, you're not less of a person. Are you? I don't think you are. I don't think there's an issue with your with the, the ideology, but that's been taught to you from somewhere. There's a belief that we will be happier when we're smaller or we'll be more accepted when we're smaller. There's this thin is happy mentality that is out there. There's the fat phobic mentality, unfortunately, as well. But your weight is the least interesting thing about you. How you look is the least interesting thing about you. But it's a, more important to see how you feel. Like I know I've been leaner and I know I've had more muscle on me as well but I'm content with where I'm at right now. But that's taken me kind of like different approaches, different changes to find that. I also feel because I'm a little bit older that I kind of priorities are changing and I want to be able to move my body to celebrate it and trying to push myself by being able to get out on a football pitch after 10 years away from it is more important to me than what I look like, etc. We also have to look at, we can't lose weight from specific body areas. We can't deal with genetics. Like the fat storage patterns that we have are determined by genetics. So if when people say, well, I want to do more crunches to lose weight, I'm like, you can do as much crunches as you want. Your nutrition is the biggest thing. You need to look at it, looking at a complete diet and looking at getting enough calories in. You need to look at an approach where you can lose weight without being hungry all the time. You need to be able to enjoy your food. You need to be able to make memories. So you need to look at it from a point of view. What are your priorities? Is your priorities to starve yourself for a piece of plastic to give you validation? Or is it to actually feel the best you've ever felt while giving yourself unconditional permission to have the chocolate every day or have nights out with your friends and enjoy holidays? I know which approach works. I know which approach is safer. I know which approach will help you a lot more and that will get you longer lasting results. Too many people try to restrict themselves out of everything thinking that like, oh, I, I, I thought I'd be down this week. It's like, by what? People also forget that they need to take into account, particularly those with menstrual cycles, they need to take into account the like weeks with like weeks. So what like weeks with like weeks means, if you have someone with a cycle Comparing the week of your cycle to, in say, in February, to week of your cycle and the measurements, the energy, the the confidence, the weights that you're lifting, your weight, and compare that to what it was in January and December and look at that as a metric rather than looking at week of your cycle to ovulation week or the week before your cycle. Every week will give you a different reading. Every hour will give you a different reading. And if you want to see how volatile that scales is, step on a fasted in the morning before having any water or food after you've gone to number two in the bathroom and drink a liter of water or two liters of water and step back on and watch the scales go up. You've done nothing wrong, but just had water. 
So what people would say, well, the way the scales gone up because I drank last night. The scales got up, got up because I've had carbs last night. I was like, no, no, you just had water. So does that, does that make carbs or water bad? It's like, no. So you need to look at it from a point of view of bringing other metrics. You need to look at what your emotional attachment to that scales is and where you learned it from. By potentially having a journal before you step on or not stepping on at all. There's no right or wrong approach. There's an approach that works for you. Step on if you're stepping on scales, check it in yourself. Well, if this number goes up, what does it mean? How do I feel right now before I go on? How do you feel afterwards? Because the scales is going to go up and down. It's something that we can't control. It's like the weather. It's like the stock market. We cannot control it. But however hard you try, you are unable to control it. And it's a lot of it's linked to what we think other people are going to think. That if we're if we weigh more, potentially not going to be liked. We're not going to be accepted. But your friends and family aren't fr- aren't wait aren't friends or and they don't love you because of what you weigh. So the people that are around you that are important to you, they're not they're not around you because of what you weigh. Progress will be going up and down. A lot of this can be a lot more nuanced. A lot of this can be checking in on yourself and say, right. Where did I get the idea that I needed to be one kg down this week or half a kg down this week? Where were your expectations coming from? Where was that number coming from? A lot of us was picked out of thin air. You picked a number and said, I'm going to pick this number based off what I've done before. It's like, well, hang on. If it's based off what you've done before, what did you do before? Did you restrict yourself to the point of mass destruction? And they'll be like, yes. Okay, so did that work? well it did work I lost 5 kgs like but I've put on 5 kgs like that then then it didn't work you haven't been given the tools the 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 point of the scales is it's a metric you don't have to use it if you don't want to use it it's only measures your weight at any one point at time fat loss is a better indicator which is your measurements and how you're feeling your photos and how you feel in your clothes they're a better measurement for you and how you how confident you feel how you like i know one of my clients had sex with the lights on for the first time in a very long time with her husband and i was like boom there's an on-scale victory she asked me to share that she has competitive um so like those goals are more important than what you weigh because it's bringing that attention it's bringing that back that that kind of like what's important for you which is your relationship and you know, check in on your relationship why is it so important for that number to be that way why is it so important for that number to be a certain metric if you don't want to use it fuck it out the window it's running away from the problem long term but it could be also mean that you may potentially need to go to talk to someone but it's some of the stuff that i work on one-to-one clients is addressing that what does that scales mean why are you attaching yourself worth that scales? Where does that come from? And potentially some of it can be coming from trauma, grief as a kid, bullying as a kid, comments, potentially being brought to slimming clubs as for by aunties, moms, whatever it may be. Comments from parents about you look X, Y, or Z and trying to match up to their expectations of you. But what about what you want? Not what they want, what do you want? And if you know what you want and why you want it, it's a hell of a lot different. It's easier to go in that direction. But a lot of people are thinking that losing weight or losing measurements will sort shit out. It won't. Because it's the same thing directing. Same six inches to your two years directing things. 
So if we can address the, what's going on internally and the dialogue that's going on internally and the stories, which a lot of the stuff is, and beliefs, if we can address those a lot more, you'd be a hell of a lot more content. So I know this is a long enough episode. I know this is a long enough Q&A. So we've gone through intention at the weekends, too late for bed, or expectations around scales, and energy is down. If you have any other questions for the next Q&A, which will be next week, pop me a DM or put them into the Facebook group uh, for the clients that are listening to this, or we can kind of go from there. So hopefully you have enjoyed the Q&A. If you have any questions on it, please do let me know, and I'll be happy to answer anything on that. Some of it's rambles, some of it's thoughts, some of it's just my thoughts, it doesn't mean it's fact, but that's where I'm kind of coming from on it. So hopefully you have enjoyed it.